Hello and welcome to another episode of Grumpy Old Game Men and Their Dogs. It is episode 87, day 158, but we are not in the Zen room tonight. Isn't we are supposed to be hot in the 150s. Anyway, tonight we're here in the Den room because there are so many of us here. My name is Patrick Finn, and I am here with the acerbic Tommy Gibbons. Hi, bitches. I know you know what I'm talking about. I'm glad someone does. And tonight, we have a returning guest, Mr. John Sarek. Hello. Is that how you say that word? Sarek, yeah. Spell it. S-A-R-I-C. S-A-R-I-C. Correct. It's Croatian. The Croatian pronunciation is shoddy, though. Okay, so go slow. Shoddy. No, go back to English spelling. S. A S A R R I R C I C Sarek. Yes. Sarek. Sarek. Yeah. All right. You sure he needs any more of that? Go ahead. (laughs) And John has brought along a few other guests with him. Would you like to introduce them, John? So I'm going to introduce you to two fellas that I spoke about last time I was here. This Mm. is my we don't really like to use boyfriend because it's, you know, I think we're a little past boyfriend, but these are my partners and uh Kurt. Hello. And John. Hello. You could say my other thirds. My other thirds. My other thirds. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I like, I like that. that. Yeah. And, but we Hello. also brought, I mean, you know, because you that. are grumpy old gay men and your dogs, we brought ours as well. I'm yes. So you did that. This is Miss Pinky. She is with us three weeks, and we are absolutely in love with her. And her, what kind of a dog is she? She is a mini schnauzer. She's 11, and she's an angel. She's 11, and she's been with you for three weeks, so you... Uh, adopted this elder dog. We did, yes. That's amazing. Yeah, no, I think it's important. I think that elder dogs don't really get much attention. No, um, they don't. Watch they're cute puppies and whatever. But you know what? Puppies suck, everybody. Puppies you, suck. They're, no, they're puppies fucking suck. babies. No, they, puppies. They, I mean, it's yeah. really, if you have the time, if you have the time to train, then that's great. But like, this, no. is, I got to tell you, Miss Pinky Pants is one of those like chillest dogs. She's so well. I've ever yeah. seen. Yeah, she's and for just 11, so. She has energy still. She's not. A, she doesn't act like an eleven year old. Yeah. But then she's chill. No, but here she is. She's yeah, comfortable. She's, she's sitting with people. She's gone up to every one of us. Yeah. Three weeks with new people. That's pretty and amazing. I'm sorry, and good for you. Abigail's not a fan. No. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It don't matter. Tell her pinky poopy beans. Abigail is a very jealous little bitch. <laughs> I'm glad you bought this dog. I, and I'm happy I did not bring mine. And of course, we're all staying inside because of the wildfire smoke that is permeating the East Coast right Wild. now. I woke up to it this morning. I couldn't believe what the sky looked like. And I was like, I keep catching myself looking at the sun. I'm like, stop looking. You can't look at that thing. It's very confusing. And then when I started smelling the smoke, I was like, is this on Long Island? And then people were saying, no, it's from Canada. I was like, holy shit. Yeah, like I was at the office today and at, you know, 11, I went outside, didn't smell anything, didn't notice anything. And then as soon as I went outside again around two o'clock, it was orange. And it smelled like there was a bonfire in the parking lot. Yeah. Like it was crazy. I wouldn't even take Abigail out for a walk today because it's so bad. I have COPD. And I was like, no, I'm not going to take any chances. Look, it smells we, we awful. just had your hot monitor replaced. We don't, we don't need anything else going on. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yes, by the way, his husband is here, too. Who? Oh, you forgot. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's right. My husband and producer, Stephen Prendergast, is here. <laughs> and, of course, our little sweet Abigail. Abigail doesn't want to be touched. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> Not by us. She's like, I'm mad at you. 
But this past weekend, we went to go see a play directed by our very own Tommy Gibbons. Oh, yeah? That was me. A play that. called yes. Caught in the Net. It was at the Manus Studio Theater in Lindenhurst. Up there on Wellwood Avenue. Yes. And it was a, it's actually a sequel to a play called Run for Your... Run for Your Wife. Run for Your Wife. And this is a, like I said, it's a sequel, and it was very, very funny. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Really laughed all the you way like through. like it. It's about a guy married to two women. Oh, I can relate. Yeah. But okay. in the sequel, <laughs> in the sequel, it's like 10 years later, and they eat, and he has kids now with each wife. I can't relate it. And the kids meet up, and they oh, want to meet up, and he's trying to keep them apart. Oh, no. Oh. Incest is not best. So, it was a real... You never get that far. It was a great oh. farce filled with sex doors, six doors six on the set. Six doors. Oh, wow. Six doors. Yeah, sex doors. The director's cut. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll tell you, uh, Scott Earl was outstanding. Scott Earl is outstanding. He is one of the funniest comedic actors on Long Island. What it is about Scott Earl that, uh, that you have to watch Scott Earl when he isn't doing anything. Yeah. When he's not the center of the scene. When he's not... Uh, speaking directly, or even if he's yeah, often he played the my entire male ensemble in Bye Bye Birdie, and he was brilliant. He was I'm sure. fucking brilliant. He just knows what to do when he's not speaking, and too many actors just become what they they yeah. call dead puppet. Yeah, when they're not speaking, and then they wait for their turn to speak. He's he's an amazing person to have on stage. He's amazing, and him and Kevin, uh, Kevin, Kevin Russo. Russo. Yeah, it yes, was, they play a, they play very well off each was, other. It was a, the, being given the show was a gift. The cast was a gift. It was uh, the audience response was a gift. So it's it was, just great to see a farce being done so well. Not was, everyone can do a farce, you know. Yeah. We've seen some. We saw a bad farce a couple of years ago. Oh my god! Oh my god, it was hard. I don't even want we to can't mention, mention the name. It because no, because a friend of ours directed might it. Listen to can the... you please? <laughs> I'd love to do the Ritz. Please do the Ritz. I saw I'd that and I fell in love with that show. Are you going to Are I you going to play one. Googie Gomez? I, 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 I love that show. I, He's the the guy who the artistic director over there, David, is very into um, that alternative type of theater. Yeah. In any in whatever form it takes, he does a lot of local playwrights' original works. Nice. Which is nice. Which yeah. is great, and it's nice. a, it's a great way to do that sort of. So right now he's dealing with having to be the big. Like that's a, like a sort of underdog, under downtown sort of vibe. Yeah. And now he's the big guy on the street, so, so he, he has to. Yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah, it's figuring that out, and um, he'll do it, and he'll do it great. But this show was was a big boost. Good. Do the, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Do People it. liked it. The uh, the acting was amazing. Yeah, it was really was. The acting was, was great. The direction was amazing. <laughs> you know about my? They my, slammed the door in sync. That's my sister <laughs> saw the door. They did slam the door in sync that night. I got. They did. That's not easy to do. That's no, a no, 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 no. We spent. I had. I had. I had. I had, spent a, I had a door there. call. Yeah. And before the show, I had a door slamming call. Usually, you have a dance call. You have a vocal call. You have a scene call. Uh, okay. Call. So now, yeah. I, I had a door slamming call. Well, uh, doors are important in the show. Okay, it, absolutely. It it's, a, it's, it's a farce. Yeah. Okay. So, to me, it became important that there were three doors being slammed at roughly the same time and it should be done at exactly the same time and that's what will make it funny and so we rehearsed it. And the, it was, you're being a real pain today, mom. Slam. Mm -hmm. Okay. And three doors had to slam. You're being a real pain today, mom. Slam. Okay, so, and I said it over and over and over again. And, and I think it took 10 minutes. 
It did not take 10 minutes. They will tell you it took 25. It took 25. <laughs> okay. We did it. Holy shit, you got it. All right, let's do it again. Well, wait a minute. I don't know if I can, but I'm not, what am I supposed to do when I'm done talking? And what am I supposed You're being a real pain today, mom. <laughs> Slam. <laughs> okay, so just that's what you gotta know. Whatever it is in that time that you have to spend individually, that's on you. You're the actor. <laughs> that lands on you. Figure it out. <laughs> okay, but the slam has to happen. You're being a real pain today, ma. Slam. slam. <laughs> so, see, we all got it. So, here are these actors. How many minutes is that? That's going to go on for 45 minutes about it. They, uh, they, they yeah. got it right. They got it right twice. They got it right twice again. So, I was like, all right, good. They did the performance that night and they got it wrong. Uh, but then they got it right uh, every night since. Uh, well, you have to have the fuck up. You have to. Yeah, uh, you have to. You have to. Yeah. Absolutely. So Once yes, that's over. You can get over it, and then it's perfection. There are there are tiny little things that become important that even in the whole thing, it's not important. Yeah. You know, nobody would say, "Oh my God, did you see that the door slammed three times? Bang, bang, and that." Yes. Yeah. Nobody does that. No. Well, some, certain people do. Yes. There you go. I totally <laughs> do. I know. Anyway, I've heard, yes. I've heard your critiques it's like, before. You know that that bitch isn't supposed to. Oh, you heard my critiques when you were on stage, and Mama. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, I've heard your critiques. I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> I've heard them. They're great. And lastly, before we begin our segments, June is Pride Month. Woo! So happy Pride, happy everyone! Pride. Happy Pride. We now move on to our next segment. <laughs> That's hot, right? <laughs> Hot. Yes, it's time for a little heavy petting. Ooh. And we I found out this week that it is National Dog Bite Awareness Week. Oh. I found this out because the U.S. Post Office issued a report saying that in the past year, 2022, more than 5,300 postal workers across the United States were attacked and bitten by dogs. Topping the list of states was California with 670 dog bites. Second was Texas with 400, and third was New York with 321. So, dog bites? What's that? Dog bites? Yep. See what you've... Fi- experienced by the UPS? Yes. Postal service. That doesn't seem like a lot to me. It's enough. I'm glad I had one of them. It also, you would expect there to be more because... It, it's these... also like, well, well, what size was the dog? <laughs> <laughs> That's really what matters. Well, a dog bite is a dog bite, okay? So let's say a chihuahua bit and you were able to go home that afternoon with a Band-Aid behind your heel, okay? Let's say that you got bit by something much larger and you went home and now you're going to have to deal with life with only three fingers on your right <laughs> So, okay. So, okay. But what I'm saying is that doesn't seem to happen a lot comparative to how many dogs there are in houses that the UPS stops at Every single day. USPS. USPS. It's USPS, right? It's yeah. the postal service. Well, the even though it's service. not, even though it's not FedEx or UPS, they've got another. No, service. no, no. Wait, wait, but this, <laughs> this is, well, even though it's not a lot, it's an actual. It's actually an increase over 2021. Okay, well, that's good. No, I mean, no, it's, it's not good. <laughs> See, when you first started the story, I didn't know dog bite. If you meant people biting dogs or dogs, no, no, biting dogs, dogs biting dogs. people. So I was just like, I wonder what this statistics. <laughs> I think we found out the reason why we love John so much. (laughs) Anyway, dog owners advise to keep their dogs indoors, behind a fence, or on a leash when the male person arrives at their home. It's crazy it's the male guy, though, isn't it? 
Do you think Abigail would actually bite the poster book? I don't know, but she goes totally psychotic when he arrives. Yeah. You know what the thing is? It's that unbelievable they, how she the mailman acts. is. They have a job to do. They're coming up to your do, door. Yeah. They the dog sees them. They up to the door and they leave. They never acknowledge the dog. If he if he acknowledged her, she'd be fine. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It yeah, makes a big difference. It really does. Asshole, pay attention to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. right. Exactly. See me, I'm a dog. And the more he ignores her, the more she throws her body up against the door. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So that's a story on the U.S. Post Service and Dog Bite Awareness Week. Well, they should be throwing that week for sure, those people. Yeah. I get they, I bet they get bitten more than any other profession. Veterinarians. Never mind. No. Yeah, probably Groomers, vets. Groomers, grooming salons. Yes, too. Groomers. That's right, yeah. dog groomers. groomers. Yes, they do. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Dog walkers. Intruders. <laughs> <laughs> Intruders. Yeah, you can't be a bit of Dog trainers. <laughs> Mother <laughs> masters. That was a great initial thought. Yeah. <laughs> Never mind. We now move on to our Dictionary of Dogs, our canine compendium, and we are up to the letter E. See, now he assumes you guys listen every week. <laughs> but he thinks I do. <laughs> so we have this like alphabetical list of dogs. We just he's got a dog breed that he's chosen. Okay. okay, it's pretty so, easy to catch on on this. <laughs> Some people listen to the podcast. Tommy. I listen to the podcast. <laughs> so I know what's going on. Okay. How dare you? I'm not. Don't sink me with your sinking ship. <laughs> just, just a but would you care to hazard a guess, Thomas, as to what dog it is? Uh, what letter are we at? E. e. We're at E. This is our second round through E. Yes. Eagle doesn't count. No. Eagle is a bird. E. An E. An E dog. E. E A. E A M. Ed. Yes, the Ek Ed. Yes. The well known Ek Ed dog. No. It's like Hakuna Matata. You gotta get. I don't know. I can't think of a. I can't think of a. <coughs> John, did you have a guess? Are we counting Eskimo? Any dog. Any, yeah. No, Eskimo. Like American Eskimo? Yeah, but what about American Eskimos? No, that's a. That's a dog that's breed? That's a breed dog. Well, it's not this one. Okay. <laughs> Wait, hold on. What was the letter we were on? E! But American Eskimo starts with a A. He said Eskimo. I said Eskimo. He said Eskimo first. You see what As I told you? American Eskimo. As opposed to the Canadian Eskimo. Is there an Eskimo dog breed? No. Not that I'm aware of. Is there? Well, anyway, let's concentrate on this dog. Hold on. I just... Oh, now you want to know whether there's a... An Eskimo. I Eskimo do. Dog. Also, I want to kind of live for a moment in the way he took his phone out of his pocket. Okay. It was just young and sexy. American Eskimo dog. An American Eskimo dog. I'm looking at it. I'm looking at it on Google. And yeah, I've seen that dog. That's American Eskimo. Thank you very much. Okay. Oh, okay. I didn't know that's what it was called. Yes. But but here, what I'm saying is that Eskimo. it's called the American Eskimo. Right, dog. and that's why I went with Eskimo first. Yes, yeah, but the car, the, the American. By the, but my husband's yeah. a lawyer, so he would be very technical about it. By the rules of Whenever the Whenever I hear Eskimo, all I can think of is the movie Heathers. Eskimo. I'm trying to spend more time on yours. Yeah. <laughs> I have no idea. What was that? That was the one. The letter E. This week, the dog is the East European Shepherd. 
Uh, Would you care to show our guests a picture, Stephen? Sure, that's what the shepherd looks like. Uh, could you turn it so they can yeah. actually see it? Could you? Uh, it looks like a German shepherd. Okay. They were actually bred from German shepherds. They yeah. were imported into the Ukraine when it was part of the Soviet Union back in the 1920s. Ukraine. And they, were de- they wanted to develop a breed of dog that could withstand the cold climate conditions in the Soviet Union. Okay. And it was developed over several decades. It was officially recognized in 1950 as an official dog breed. It Thank was used you. by the Soviet Union's military and police as a guard and sniffer dog. It was a favorite of the KGB, who only kept solid black dogs. <laughs> Is it scary? If a non-black pup showed up in the litter, they, the whole litter was destroyed. Oh. <gasps> Yeah, no, it's not they can't breed them. But it's much larger than the German Shepherd. It's about twenty six to twenty nine inches tall. It has a dense coat of medium length with a well developed undercoat, and often has longer Same. soft hair on the ears, neck, limbs, and tail. Its colors are black and tan, sable, or solid black. Although white or brindle are rare. And the breed is considered to be particularly intelligent, courageous, determined, and tough. And owners describe its temperament as similar to that of a Doberman. Not sure if that's a good or a bad thing. <laughs> very sweet. Dobermans are sweet. Yeah. Is it, does it like black? <laughs> <laughs> so that's the story of the East European Shepherd. Okay, good for them. We now move on to our next segment. Happy birthday. Many First happy returns. A very happy birthday. Yes, it's time for today's birthdays. And we've got three of them today, and only one of them is dead. Can we just, can we change this, can we talk about the sound effect for this, and for this thing? No, fuck off. (laughs) Leave your bitching for the production meetings. See, this is what happens, this is why people have unions, because they get spoken to (laughs) by management. Yeah, we'll be talking about unions later on in this podcast, actually. But anyway, for today's birthday, the first one was born on June 7th, 1928. He is 94 years old today. He was born in New York City and attended the Eastman School of Music and studied under Aaron Copeland. His first Broadway musical was in 1960. Hi, Nancy. Hi, Ursula. Got the story. Morning, Glory. Okay, so it's not him. Nightingale. Did you hear about Hugo and Cam? Bye-bye, Bye-bye, Birdie. Yes, Bye-bye, Birdie is correct. With lyrics by Lee Adams, this person wrote the music. His next show was a 1962 musical called All American with a book by Mel Brooks. But it closed after 80 performances. It was not considered a hit, except for this one song that came out. Once upon a time, a boy with moonlight in his eyes Put his hand in my Now you cut it off. His next successful musical was 1964's Golden Boy, followed by 1966's It's a Bird, It's a Plane, It's Superman. I want to say Stuart Ross, but I don't even know if there is such a person. Nope. He uh, also wrote 1970's Applause, and he wrote the music for this 1977 musical. It's like watching aunties cook. All right, so it's... So, yes, he wrote Annie. Who wrote Annie? Tom Meehan? Nope. He also had a number of big failures. Among them, once he wrote Annie. Among them was 1981's Bring Back Birdie, which closed after Ooh, four performances. Yikes. Four? 
1983's Dance a Little Closer with lyrics by Alan J. Lerner that closed after one performance. <gasps> Charles Strauss. Charles Strauss is correct. His other failures were 1986's Rags, which closed after four performances. Wow. And then his last Broadway musical, which was Nick and Nora, with a book by Arthur Lawrence, closed after nine performances. There's a book about Nick and Nora. Nick and Nora? Nick and Nora. Nick and Nora. Nick and Nora Charles. About about the trials and tribulations of that production. Okay. That I think I want to read. Mm. Should I be interesting? Yeah, I guess. I don't know. I don't have many reading hours left anymore, so I'm mm. trying to be picky. He won the Best Musical Tonys for Bye Bye Birdie and Applause, and the Best Original Score for Annie. Charles Strauss. Yes. He's a member of the American Theatre Hall of Fame and the Songwriters Hall of Fame. Well, he would be. He also wrote, believe it or not, the theme song for All in the Family. Really? Mm. Yep. Yeah. Which I did not know. So Boy, go to Boy, Boy the Way Glenn Miller played. Yep. Songs that made so, Charles. Guys like us, we had it made. The Those were the days. days. And, and you knew where you were. Guys were guys and men. No, girls were girls and men were men. No, I think you had it right the first time. Mr. We could use a man like Herbert Hoover again. Never mind. We know. No welfare. Yes, happy birthday, Charles Strauss. Charles Strauss, what have you done for me lately? What was the last thing he wrote? Uh, well, the last Broadway musical Nick was Nick and Nora in 1991. He's written other shows, but they have not made it to Broadway. But 1991 was how many years ago? Help me, it's math. 32. 32. 32 years ago. All right. and after all, he is 94 years old. But he wasn't 32 years ago. Now he's in his 60s and he was tired already. He did his thing. Listen, I'm all about that. If you're ready to turn your back and walk away, go. Good for you. To birthday one. You don't owe me nothing, Charles Strauss. <laughs> Well, happy birthday anyway. Anyway, our next birthday celebrant, also alive, born June 7th, 1940 in Wales. Play this song. He recorded this song about two years ago. See if you recognize who it is. Tom Jones. If you're alone. idea yet? No. Tommy said it. He was joking, but he said it. Yes, he did. It was Tom Jones. Tom Jones. Tom, I wasn't joking. It's that's Tom Jones. Oh, that song joking. came out, uh, I think that's about, was in 2021 or 2012. Nobody sounds like that, said Tom Jones. <laughs> it like does Tom sound Jones. like Tom Jones. But Tom he has, he has sold over 100 million records with 19 top 40 hits in the UK and 19 in the US. Ain't no prizes though, John. Like when I get it right? Right. Ain't no prize. Ain't no kind of... Yeah, it's the satisfaction of getting it right, so shut we the fuck up. We don't make fun of you for getting it wrong. Yeah. Right? His big U.S. hits included It's Not Unusual, What's New Pussycat, to be a love, She's a Lady, Sex Bomb, and a cover of Prince's song, Kiss. He released about 40 albums between 1965 and 2021. He has been awarded an Officer of the Order of the British Empire in 1999. And was knighted by Queen Elizabeth II in 2006 
for his services to music. Who are we talking about now? Tom Jones. Tom Jones. Jones, A friend of mine actually saw him in concert about two weeks ago, two or three weeks ago. he's still good. And he still sounds great. 83 years old. 83. Happy birthday, Tom Jones. Right? Not to be confused with Tommy Lee Jones. Our next birthday celebrant, sadly, has passed away. Oh, Oh, dead, dead. He was born June 7th, 1958 in Minneapolis, the son of a jazz singer and a pianist. He wrote his first song on the piano at age seven. In high school, he studied classical ballet and played on the basketball team. After, at age 19, after playing in a local band, he was signed to a management contract and recorded a demo. He then recorded his first album for Warner Brother Records in 1978, for which he wrote, produced, arranged, composed, and played all 27 instruments. Prince. It's got to be Prince. It is indeed Prince. I never meant to call you when you're tomorrow I never meant to call you when you're tomorrow Alright, well there's only two instruments in this voice, so... Not that impressive. <laughs> Maybe later on, but like, there's more instruments. <laughs> No, that was a good wow. that was, yes. you. Wow. That album sold more than 13 million copies in the U.S. and spent 24 consecutive weeks at number one on the Billboard 200 chart. The film Purple Rain won Princeton Academy Award for Best Original Song Score and grossed over $68 million, which would be about $192 million today. Wow. Uh, among his hit, hit songs were and When Doves Cry and Let's Go Crazy. At one point in 1984, Prince simultaneously had the number one album, single, and film in the United States. Cool. It was the first time a singer had ever achieved that. That was Purple album. Rain. Yep, that was all Purple Rain. It's ranked eighth in Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Albums of All Time. I mean. He also wrote songs for other musicians, including Sinead O'Connor, Nothing Compares to You, and Manic Monday by the Bangles. You could totally hear Prince do the Sinead O'Connor tune. Oh, yeah. yeah, Absolutely. Yeah, that's such a hidden song. In 1993, he changed his name to a symbol. Mm Mm-hmm. And he became known as the artist formerly known as Prince. Which is in a joke in the complete works of William Shakespeare, a bridge that I'm directing with kids, and I had to explain it today. <laughs> and when you explain something that at the time was so clear to you and so and it is now so meaningless, ridiculous, stupid, and, yeah. and like a waste of time, mm-hmm. you're old. <laughs> Go ahead, I'm sorry. That's okay. Good, but that's what happened today. Uh, Prince reverted back to his name in 2000. He became a Jehovah's Witness in 2001. And was known for actually going through neighborhoods and talking to people about <laughs> becoming a Jehovah's Witness. Bitch, come in and talk to me about Joseph Smith. Right. <laughs> yes, sir. Is that Jehovah's Witness? No, that's Mormon. That's Mormon. Um, who's Jehovah's Witness? Jehovah. That was too easy. They don't. They don't celebrate birthdays, Christmas, Joe's anything. They don't dance. They don't sing. No joy. So don't ask them unless they're singing to God. Anyway, between 1985 and 2008, Prince won seven Grammys. My education got in the way of his script. And his albums, 1999, Purple Rain, and Sign of the Times, were inducted into the Grammy Hall of Fame. 
and he was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 2004. He has released 39 albums in his lifetime, and there is still plenty of material in his mm-hmm. vaults that has not been released yet. But he has sold over 150 million records, making him one of the best-selling artists of all time. And then in April of 2016, at the age of 57, he died of an accidental overdose of fentanyl at his home in uh, Massachusetts and in uh, Minnesota. And I would still lick every part of his body. <laughs> even today, even now. Seven years later. I loved him. I loved Prince. So you play that. So to Prince, we say... Happy birthday, Prince. We miss you. It is now time for our next segment. All right, so this is, can we call this a heavenly birthday? If you want. Wait. Sounds so gay. It's a heavenly birthday. Oh. Or I was thinking, I was thinking maybe instead of like, like the happy birthday, we could have like a funeral sound. Today's birthday is dun, 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 Never mind. Okay, consider it not minded. <laughs> we now move on to our next segment. Oh my God, who died? I don't know of anybody who died. Who died? Are you can turn it off. Who died? Uh, this woman singer died named Astrud Gilberto. She was born Astrud Evangelina Weinert. The, girl from the daughter of a Brazilian mother and German father. She was basically a one-hit wonder in the United States, although she did record other songs that were popular. But this 1964 song is, she, is the one she is best known for. Yes, that was the girl from Ipanema. So last night on the way home from work, I was listening to the public radio. And they were talking about her. They were a Brazilian group. Samba group. Mambo group. They were a Brazilian dance uh, in New York. And they were recording because they were going to make this crossover. And she had the best English in the room. So she sang the song. Really? And the song became what the song became, which was internationally recognized. It sold over one million copies. Uh, got unbelievable. Awarded a gold disc. And she was only paid about $120. That's what they had a part of it. Yeah. Sounds about right. Yep. But she still continued to record, you know, throughout her career. She received the Latin Jazz USA Award for Lifetime Achievement in 1992. And was in 2002 was inducted into the International Latin Music Hall of Fame. And she was also an advocate of animal rights. Yay. Yay. And she died at the age of 83 in her home in Philadelphia. Good for her. Yes. So thank you, Astrid Gilberto. We now move on to our next segment. (laughs) Today in History. And today in history, it's about a musical that appeared off-Broadway open today. Back in 2011, it was a a collaborative effort between the Playwrights Horizon and the New York Theatre Workshop. What date? June 7th, 2011. And the name of the musical was The Shags, Philosophy of the World. If you're not familiar with the Shags, they were an American rock band composed of three sisters named Wigan. They formed in 1965 at the insistence of their father. 
They had no interest in music at all. Mm-hmm. According to the father, uh, when he was a child, his mother read his palm and predicted that he would have three daughters and that they would rise to fame. Really? So he pulled them out of school, bought them instruments and said, here, go uh, practice. Make it happen. And... A six, seven, eight. <laughs> They actually came out with an album called Philosophy of the World. And here's a song from it called My Pal Foot Foot. My pal's name is Foot Foot Foot. He always likes to roam. My pal's name is Foot Foot Foot. I never find him home. I go to his house, knock at his door. People come out and say, Foot Foot, don't live here. Okay, thank you. <laughs> So should I have taken acid? <laughs> <laughs> it probably would have helped. Although this album has lots of fans, such as Frank Zappa, of Bonnie Rayet, and Kurt Cobain. Who <laughs> shot himself in the head. Yeah. So people either view it as a work of accidental genius or as one of the worst records of all time. Well, and considering I, that one of the three my... people you claimed to be fans of that particular piece uh, shot himself in his head. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, so do you think there's actually sheet music for that? Or do you think they it's different every time? It's like a choose your own adventure. How do you notate that? How do you notate that? Yeah, mm-hmm. you can't. And they actually have had reunion concerts. And they've had other musicians there playing. And they are reproducing was, the sounds. I know, right? Yeah, right. Don't go with that. She would have loved that, yeah. exactly. Yeah, so they then they made an off-Broadway musical based on the life and music of the Shags. And it didn't last Thankfully, it had a... Original music in there as well, okay. which sounds a hell of a lot better than this music. Written by who? That I do not know off the top of my head. Well, that's everything. <laughs> that's just everything. And we now move on to our Who's next segment. What day is it? Could you please tell me? What day is it? I'm confused, Yeah, it's time for what day is it? National Button Day. No. National Donut drive through day. No. Chocolate ice cream day. Eh, chocolate Did you ice shut the fuck up? Chocolate ice cream day. Yes, National Chocolate Ice Cream Day. Is it really? You deprived Tommy of his third guest. You did. You did. <laughs> you owe oh, Tommy. That was an un- big time. That was, that was so breach. rude. Unbelievable. Breach. Can't believe he did that. Is it really National Chocolate Do one of you guys want to be our next producer? But what, what if you prefer vanilla? Yeah, you're out of luck. I always heard that vanilla was the number one, like sold or. or It actually is. Vanilla is the most popular ice cream. Chocolate is number two, but chocolate is the favorite flavor wise, taste wise, yumminess. I would think it has to be. It would have. God knows, it's my favorite. Well, yeah. (laughs) There's marshmallow one. I mean, anything that's not chocolate is like. But do you know where our chocolate ice cream was first developed? I want to say Mexico. Nope, Italy. The first first published recipes were made in 1693, and then in 1775, there was another doctor, uh, Filippo Baldini, in which he recommended chocolate ice cream as a uh, remedy for various medical conditions, including gout and scurvy. (laughs) Scurvy. (laughs) I bet he was right. And chocolate ice cream became popular in the United States in the late 19th century, after the invention of insulated ice houses. Well, you, you got to get your ice there. Yep. I mean, it's an element. It's in the name. It's half the recipe. It's the first word of it. It's, 
It's a recipe. It's half the recipe. So, yeah. And for those of you who don't know, a 3.5 ounce cup of chocolate ice cream or 100 grams contains 11 grams of fat, 3.8 grams of protein, 25.4 grams of sugar, and 3 milligrams of caffeine. And may they bury me with a pound of it. (laughs) (laughs) It's going to melt. I don't care. I'm dead. Yeah, he doesn't care at that point. Me dead and sticky is going to be alive for me, alive, pal. (laughs) The worms are going to love that little dessert. (laughs) After they get everybody bodies, everybody who participates, bodies. And today is also National VCR Day. Oh, what's that? For those of you not in the know, a VCR is an electro-mechanical device that records analog audio and analog video from a television and records it on a removable magnetic tape video cassette. That's the definition. That was about as dry as toast. It was first developed in 1956, and 1970, they developed the home video cassette format. And how did that affect the lives of Americans and people worldwide? Well, it created a boom in mass marketing of films from like the 70s through the 90s. So if you could videotape a movie and rent it out to the people for the weekend, yep. you could become Blockbuster. Yes, you could, and then you're out of business now. Blockbuster's <laughs> actually teasing a comeback. Really? Mm-hmm. Why? Is nostalgia. Why not? Nostalgia. I don't get it. Is it I would niche, love to go into a, a store again. Why not? They're I still, hate the internet. There's producing, too much shit. They're still miss, producing... Uh, I miss walking into the store yeah. and looking uh, at the film. Shoppable. Yeah, reading the... Th- like, I don't know. Like, there's too much online. There's way too much online. See, I go online, I read reviews and articles and then see what interests me and then I'll... At least in Blockbuster, you're limited. Like, you mean... you. See something you don't. You know what? I gotta tell you. I hate Blockbuster. They never had porn. There were other stores for that. Leave Blockbuster. Yeah, yeah, since when? Yeah, but my father went to the other store. You ought to see the collection of porn on VHS tape that Stephen has downstairs. It was given to him by a friend. You know what? That's all CD. No, that's all VHS. That's that's taking space and will be a rat's nest soon. Yes. There's no reason to keep (laughs) it. It's going to disintegrate. The tape is going to start. There's no reason to get yeah. any of that. That's what I keep telling him about his albums. That's why I want to sell all the albums. Albums is different. Because I could pay off the house if I sold his albums. So then sell the albums. <laughs> you can't, or, or are you going to send him with them? If not, <laughs> That's sell the album. <laughs> <laughs> Never. Unless Never. it fits in the box with him, sell it. He's right. in a box. He's going in a boat and I'm burning it. Viking funeral. Nice. That's what I want. Viking funeral. All right. <laughs> you should start practicing your archery now. <laughs> I pay somebody to do that. He'll call the man. <laughs> so happy National VCR Day, everyone. Uh, we miss you, kind of. We now move on to our next segment. How about a little round of Get the Guests? How about that? How about a little oh. Get the Guests? Yes, it's time to play Get the Guess. Don't worry, it's not as foreboding as it sounds. <laughs> it's a terrible sound effect. You don't like it? No. Have you found another one for me to use? I haven't, but to be fair, we haven't had guests on too many times while I'm here. 
That's true. Yes. So I've only heard the cue a couple of times. Okay. Because it doesn't. Listen and I got to say, in the room, the podcast, it doesn't jump. It doesn't jump <laughs> out at me. Well, we're gonna have another guest at the end of the month, so I want you to come up with a better sound cue than that. Forget the guest. It's your homework. Yes, that's your homework now. This is that's okay. your that's this is your test. Don't fail this. All right, one. fuck you. Okay, move on. So the last time we were here with John Sarek. <laughs> He had introduced us to the fact that he was involved in the thruple. Sure am. Still and am. I know that this is a whole new area of our concept for a lot of people out there. And this is going to be a lot of stop and go for me. Okay. 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 Is right. thruple a word? Do we use it? Do we, we like it? Do we sure. hate it? Is yes. that what it is? Uh-huh. Yeah. Thruple is cool. Yeah. Thruple is cool okay. with us. Okay. All right. Now, I guess we have to start first with John and Kurt, since they were the original... The other way around. It's John and Kurt. <laughs> <laughs> For it's the viewers John at home, thanks yes. clearing that up, Tom. John and Kurt. But I guess we'll start with John and Kurt and ask how they first met. So we actually met uh, at the bar where Tommy used to bartend. Ah, Club well. 608. Club that's where that's right, the shit goes down, bitch. That's right. <laughs> Look what happened. What happened... Sitting on your sofa? You did that. That's what happened. Sure, Tommy, Tommy did that. <laughs> Tommy I did that. Right. 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 Yeah. Tommy, can I get it? Okay, never mind. Uh, never mind. <laughs> now Tommy pours for Tommy. <laughs> so, go ahead. How did you meet? What's going on? How did it go on with Balaba? So, it was... How old just, were you? Ooh. We met in... He was, he was 25. I was 25. I was, was 31. 31. So I was just almost to the end of nursing school. I had a semester to go, and mutual friends knew of each other. And, you know, I think we had like, commented across the bar through our friends, he's cute, whatever. And then just we were outside of 608, probably smoking. And I just thought he was the funniest thing. And I, you know, just couldn't take my eyes off of him and just wanted to know more about him. So he really just, is, though. Like, like, he really is all of those things. Mm-hmm. John. I, <laughs> I just said that, Tom. I know. I'm, support, I'm supporting you. Thank you, Tom. <laughs> I'm backing you up. He's affirming yeah. your affirmation. Because John really is all of those things. And I, I do am. have to say that Tommy knows John for longer than I do. I would know nothing about this except to say that in this instance, what you just said about him, I think is entirely true. He's all of those things. He's one of the sweetest, one of the nicest, one of the handsomest guys. Menzeses. Menzeses. Where was it? It wasn't in my head. Menzeses. Well, thank you, Tommy. I appreciate that, and I value your opinion. So. Uh, I, uh, yeah. Thank you. Now, before well, you met John, years. how many years had you been together? Uh, well, John Matthew, as um <laughs> My husband. Yeah, um, yeah, just passed 18 years of being together. Okay. And I'll do some quick math. Got married in 2013. That was my next question, if he got married at all. And yeah, so it's, oh, wow, going on 10 years. Wow, congratulations. So So you got married 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. Okay, good for you. Thanks. Then what happened? Then we were... I think we were talking about how you met John. Well, we were getting getting to that. We're getting there. We're getting there. This is the origin story. So we have to go, you know, back a couple episodes. This is usually where I go pee. (laughs) If you need to. I know. But I'm just saying, this is why I'm not familiar with the land. Um, So, you know, then we were just living the couple life, you know, just as everybody kind of, you know, knows that you were and thinks that everybody, you know, kind of knows 
the standard, and that was all great. You know, we moved a bunch, got different jobs and, you know, pets and family and all that. You know, and then as we were just hanging out, going to, you know, the last few gay bars on Long Island, we happened upon this really dynamic and electric bartender who, you know, just wasn't your, you know, cookie cutter kind of person, you know? And again, I gave him that same look of, I need to know more about him. You know, he was just, so I have always said that John Matthew and I was like lightning striking and it just felt the same way that it was lightning striking again. This is John Matthew? Yes. My husband is John Matthew and this is John John. John John. Yes. So cute. You must get a picture of him giving a salute. (laughs) <laughs> with a really big wash hanging over yes. John John Tommy too soon it's it's you don't mean it's always too soon <laughs> <laughs> that's why I'm single now before you had ever met John John yeah had you ever entertained the idea of a throuble before that uh, to be honest I no, it was never really something that we were really looking for. Okay. It sort of happened, you know. Um, I think that after so many years together and so many different experiences and things like that, it just kind of... I think we were, our relationship was ready for a new chapter. Okay. You know, and, and we're getting... You know, it's like you get to a certain point in life where it's like, what am I living for, in a way? Now... You're considerably older than your husband. I'm five and a half years older than my husband. <laughs> he's such a bitch. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. I mean, that is, I, I suppose he's it should be considerable. More, he's older than it's not considerable. We're, we're gay. <laughs> okay, so the, we're talking about years and pounds. I mean, uh, they that's magnify true. I'm, by I'm, 10. I'm 35 years older than you. <laughs> that's exactly, <laughs> that's exactly <laughs> right. That's exactly right. In the I just want, world. Like, that matters in a relationship. Because physically, what I've learned is that as you get old, everything changes. Like, you're attitude changes everything fucking changes yeah so i'm Sometimes saying that you be better. you are probably a whole like set of skin ahead of that in a, you know like an experience and then, <clears throat> but not at the same time well, i mean i keep us <laughs> the thing is though when i when cart and i had met i was in a completely different place in life we were almost equivalents in a way he was 25 i was 31 i come out late in life i kind of power dated i was a, a serial monogamist I wanted to catch up, and I, I dated men. Yeah, I, I wanted to find the right person, and I kind of gave up. Um, I got really frustrated. Most men are, are crap. I always found that I put in way more than I got back out of the relationship, and I was just kind of sick of it. And and I had well, to- here's the thing: you're a hottie, and you always came across with really hot masculine energy. Okay, just I'm just saying, observing. So. What that's attracted is a younger, a younger, like, but you were younger too, so yeah, I, I get it. Like, you were. I had to restart my life though. So, Kurt was just beginning his career. I had basically lost everything by 31. Like, I had to declare bankruptcy. I, I literally had nothing because I was in a relationship with a woman just before that. We had almost gotten married. We had a lot of financial ties. We'd been together for a decade. And it just, it, my life had. Explosive and imploded. So we were starting at almost at the same point. So we were on a level playing field, even though I had five and a half years on him. I lost the total fucking point of what I was saying. Don't matter. We are so with you. You know, we were able to move together, forward together, kind of build a life together on, on an equal level. I, you know, I lived through a few more things than him, sure. But I also think that it 
each of us bring our own set of experiences <clears throat> to the table. So, you know, age is chronological, but experience is not. So, you know, John John has experienced things that I haven't. John Matthew has. You all have. So, you know, if anything, we're complementary to each other. <laughs> Rather yeah. than, you know, just having to be equal age and equal, you know, this is when you, you know, met all your milestones and everything. So, you know, I I like that, you know, it's kind of a intergenerational, you know, inter, I don't know what's this, what the word is, but. I'm just loving hearing and watching you talk right now. I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> I don't Neither think do it I, relates in any way to where if we were to dig back for the origins of this nightmare, <laughs> I don't think anything you're saying has anything to do with it. Well, I'll put you back on track. No, please don't. <laughs> so how did you meet John Squared? <laughs> um, so we met him at his place of work. Really? Yeah, yeah was he that said your that bar? at the bar. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, we hung out there, but again, it, we weren't his normal patrons. You know, he, I think, also saw in us that, you know... We were, you know, there not for the typical bar crowd and the bar scene. It was more of like, you know, we want a connection with people. And he, that's one of his strong suits, is that he builds extremely strong connections with so many people, but they come from all different places in his life. So some of his college roommates are still best friends. You know, we met them up, you know, a couple months ago and it was fantastic. And it's like old home week for them. But then his neighbors, you know, are his family. So, you know, from growing up. So it's just all of our strengths together make it happen. So I got back on the track. Thanks, Tommy, for getting yes. back on track. <laughs> Which you know, is so we adorable. Just, that's it, we just clicked. To, to put it just watch you know, mildly. Well, between you and John Matthew, who first brought up the idea of bringing John Square? Stop. Hold on. There's a penalty marker here. Why? Is that going too far? Is that like too... Uh, too well, I want to hear how the idea came up. I know. Yes. But is that... Is that crossing a line? No, go ahead, tell us. We told, we told I mean, them to tell us if. if no, go ahead, go for it. I think like so many open. things in in our relationship, everything has sort of happened organically. Okay, and that's always been, at least for me, in, in my experiences, things happening organically has always been the most important thing. So I'm the type of person I need to like if I'm going to waste my time with you, I have to make sure that it's not a waste of time. It's not a waste of time. <laughs> you know, like I, I, I when you waste it. So so much time on so many people through the years like the jaded Girl. It, 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 I don't want to call it jaded but like there's definitely like I'm looking for red flags constantly caution you know that sort of thing and, and, and none of that really happened with him and I fooled you <laughs> yeah. but it, it was sort of a conversation one night driving home from the bar and we kind of just looked at each other and we're like we've always had a way of knowing what the other person was feeling right it's always been a very empathetic relationship okay. and John brings a whole other level to that with us, you know, like... And it's loud, I bet. <laughs> <laughs> I don't need to be loud to get the job done. So. Now, how did you approach John Squared about all this? Oh, with their tongues. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's not a lie. Okay. Not a lie. No, well, you know, they, they were a little more... 
friendlier than my other patrons. Okay. So I, I knew they were interested, but, uh, yeah, they, we started hanging out outside of the bar and I would go over and it would be usually, I would DD for them. They would hang out until I closed. What does that mean? Uh, designated designated you, you should know what that is. Yeah, you should. <laughs> yeah, you're a former bartender. You should. I'm sorry, current bartender. You should know that. You're current bar right now. Right? Shame on you. Shame on you. So Dee Dee could have been Sony from Drag Race. Okay. That's on the next season. Um, right. Yeah. Which better be. I'm not paying. I'm not paying for this. For this current thing. This all stars eight. Oh, we're loving it. I'm not paying. Fuck you. I'm not paying for it. I can't afford it. And fuck RuPaul because, bitch, how many different fucking uh, do I, I have to pay You're right. to You're watch wrong. your show? You're not wrong. I, I know. I watched that Neil Patrick Harris mess they got going on right That wasn't a bad show. It was okay. cute. Oh, it was that's the other show we were watching. It, it, it was cute. We'll Sorry, back on track. We'll so back on track. So we started hanging out outside of the bar. I would drive them. Like, they would literally stay. Like, I would work Saturday nights very late, and they would stay. And then we'd end up going to the diner. And then instead of them calling Uber, which they used to do, because they are responsible. And right. That's, that, that was huge, too. Like, the fact that they were responsible. Like, the fact that they didn't, like, he didn't daddy out and get in his, you know, shiny car and think he was hot shit. He could drink and drive. Right. No. Like, the fact that I knew that they were going to Uber or one of them stopped drinking at a certain point or didn't, you know, like, great. That was a lot of respect. And especially a bartender seeing what kind of messes walking in and out of that place. Mm-hmm. I, wor- I worry about every single person I served. You know, like, I took it as, I'm serving you. I'm responsible for you. So, like, the fact that I didn't have to worry about them. Like, yeah. they weren't my problem children. Right. You know, like, I would be like, all right, fine. You don't, you don't have, you were going to do the right thing. Don't call an Uber. Let's go to the diner. I'm starving. And then I'll drop you guys home. And then they're like, well, if you're going to drive all the way out here... Just stay in the guest room. I'm like, that's fair. That's, you know, that's great. Because by the time I would drive back home, it'd be like 6.30, 7 o'clock in the morning. Like, okay. I'd be exhausted at that point. And I never drank when I bartended. It would truly just be exhaustion. So then we started hanging out at home. You want to, anyone want to take it from here? Well, so far we've got you in the guest room. Yeah. Right. And that, well. <coughs> Tommy, you stayed in the guest room. You stayed in the guest room. I believe that. We were I have we no reason gentlemen. not to believe that. I'm just telling. I was a lady. This is the point in the story that, you know, I'm following. <laughs> He's in the guest room. Yes. I, I, I don't remember the timing of things, but I just remember John was working and I went to say goodnight and I planted a kiss on him. And it was just, it, it just sort of happened. You know, Did you, do you think that somewhere along the line, but before we moved to that, the, the three of you kind of had a silent agreement anyway. And everything, you did, you did what you did to get, to get it set up. And then everything else was sort of formality. Well, no, they weren't thinking of the throuple. I wasn't thinking of the throuple. So to be honest with you, I like, think you're both lying. We no. were legit. No, we I know. I think you're both lying. Out. Like we were playing Mario Kart in the beginning. <laughs> like we weren't. We knew we were friends. Is we, really how it you know like in it, dude. Okay. We knew that he was more than just the hot bartender. You know, so he didn't. They don't want to fuck it up. So they were trying to be gentlemen, which I respect about that. You know. Let me ask you. And again, he was interesting to talk to, and, you know, we wanted to, you know, learn about him, you know, even from a friend's standpoint at that point. And then, just like everything else, one thing leads to another. Just so happened that, you know, we've been married and, you know, together for years. But hold on. Was was there a moment when, like, it was just, it was just, let's get this cute, hot, interested bartender. He's an interesting guy. He's not. Let's just see if we can fuck him. Let's just see if he's down for coming home with the two of us. It was never... No, that was never... It, was, it wasn't It was like that. 
We took him to dinner. We it was right. civilized, them, Tommy. You know, we they wanted, dated me. They didn't want they, they wanted to eventually we fuck, but knew. they dated me. Like I didn't want to. I am not a one night stand kind of girl. I am not talking to you. <laughs> <laughs> He's not a one night I'm stand to type the two of girl. I know. <laughs> so oh. we knew that. Oh, you know. Okay. So we wanted <laughs> to. We courted him, and it was different just because there's no rule book to this. Well, you know? well, no, of course not. You have yeah. to make it up as you go along. How do you, how do, you do this? You don't know how to do That's this. That's a great question. You don't. We're you're still trying to figure it out. out. <laughs> you're, you're, you're figuring out. Figure it out every day. But was there a moment when the two of you decided amongst each other that you were now going to to, to make this attempt to date this guy? You together were going to try and date this guy. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. They asked Absolutely. me out together. Absolutely. So you decided together. We had a Will you hush up? Sorry. We were probably either driving to the bar or coming home from the bar, and we... Were you going to the bar specifically to see him? Of course. Okay. Yeah, because the place is horrible. <laughs> yeah, it is. Right. It's terrible. So we you were there, you were, if you were there, you were there to see him. Exactly. Right. And and we used to we go... We were only there on his nights. So there was a conversation between John Matthew and myself, and we had Fuck a conversation, John, and we had dinner planned with John John, so, you know, we had him... We're, he came over to the house. We were all dressed. We had flowers for him. And we asked him before dinner to be our boyfriend. So it was, a, you know, just like any other fairy tale, Tommy. So what would happen if he would have said no to that dinner? Like, what would you have done with all that food? Like, you must have had- <laughs> We made reservations. Right. Oh, you made reservations. We just wouldn't have ordered Of course you did. Of course you did. We wouldn't have went to Wendy's. <laughs> Silly <dude. laughs> <laughs> they have a we could have gotten something out of the freezer. <laughs> <laughs> to serve him homemade food would mean hiring right. somebody. And we don't want anybody in the house while this is going. Right. Doug, I see you invited him over. You had a nice dinner. And you said to him, listen, you want to be our boyfriend? That's what happened. Yeah. Okay. I'm just there. I just want to get my head in the right place. Okay. Yeah. So now, since this has all happened... Uh, have you had any negative reactions from friends or family or even strangers at all to your situation? I can't really say negative. It's been, by and large, exceptionally accepting. Mm-hmm. If anything, the the negative side is more of confusion to the point of people don't even know what to ask. People don't know where the line is. Is it okay to ask this or that? So I think it's just so new to people that they don't know what they don't know and they don't know how to ask for it. So I've been trying to ask other people, you know, my family to give me their thoughts on what they're thinking. I'm trying to elicit it just to make it more normalized. And And what do you find in that? Everybody is loving him. It's, you know, just it's an additive thing. So hold on. They love him. Right? Your family, these same people. They My love family? John Matthew. Yes. They love John Matthew. Yes. Yes. They were fantastically accepting to him, even though at that point he was just quote unquote my friend. But how many friends come over for multiple Thanksgivings? Like, I think all right. all yeah, 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 yeah. that whole story, they love, but they accepted they him. They knew who he was. Like, he was a good guy. Yeah. Right. Okay. He's the, so, so similarly, mm-hmm. they love John John. They do. He comes around. He's charming, he's funny, he's adorable, he's sweet. Yeah. They all treat each other nice and with respect. Fantastic. Okay, so this is this is this is okay. So they like each of the guys. They do. Okay, so how do they feel about you in a relationship? They hate me. 
I'm just <laughs> 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 the youngest. Of course they do. With, they well, never pay your attention. siblings hate you. Yeah, that's true. Because your parents raised the sun and the earth and the moon and the stars. Has anybody <laughs> seen Kurt? Was usually the thing because I was the youngest of four, so I was just the little mascot. I, I'm, ju- I'm just saying that. I'm, my question is: They love John, and they love John. Does that feeling extend to you being involved in a relationship with both of them at the same time? Is what feeling? Do they love the fact? Do they saying, accept it? Yeah. They love us, but do they love the fact? That's probably the thing where I haven't gotten yet. I don't know if it's tolerance and love of me, so they're tolerating it, or if Which it's, is valid. It is, completely. That's all the reason you need? You love me, so you love this? You are the kind of person I want to be around. I've always felt so incredibly lucky and grateful for the way that my family has accepted me coming out being gay it was tough so my family was always very accepting my mom taught still teaches she still subs in uh, catholic school my father was a police officer in the city so so you came up in south Carolina. it was all very pigeonholed so knowing what other people have gone through with their clothes out on the lawn and you're dead to me yeah. and you know just having zero place to go and being on the streets wasn't and being, your story it was not my story and i am so incredibly grateful so even if it is just them tolerating this relationship because of you. he's now part of my family then i'm again That's okay. that much more grateful for it because Listen, if they are mad at it, if they don't like it, I want them to tell me. I want to have that conversation. You don't have to love everything about me. It's okay. Just, you know, let's have that honest conversation. I'm not going to feel any different way about that. Anybody who loves you loves all there is to Kurt. Well, now that John Square has moved in, (laughs) what annoying habits have you discovered about him that make you regret having him live there? (laughs) I don't agree with the second half of that question, so none. I saw him once wear a pair of leather pants. Okay. That could be the beginning of a poem. <laughs> You've seen that as well. Yeah. I'm going to go on record as saying I'm probably the one with the most annoying habits I've ever <laughs> I'm the most aloof. And how, let me ask you, to expand upon that for a second. How often do you respond, or how do you respond to their infractions? Does do you are you a crazy person, or like the things that do that, that make them crazy? Do you respond like a, or do you just sort of sit there and scratch yourself? It you know it depends on the day, it depends <laughs> on how full of myself I am that day. And, and listen, in the end, it'll it all comes. I'm down viewing to him as like the silverback. The good, it all comes down to good <laughs> communication. And yeah, I and mean, you can get on each other's nerves, so there might be some nonsense. But like at the end of the day, your core values are, are, are all the same. We all want the best for one another, and to have the best life possible. So yeah, we talk about shit. Yeah, no, we, that is, yeah, we talk about it, and that's why there's really no annoyances. Because if there's annoyance, we talk about it, and yeah. the other person does their best to not do it because they know. Mm-hmm. Cool. You see, they try not to do it. Uh, shut the fuck up. <laughs> see, but then, but then the. Annoyed person is gentle in their response. It's like, oh, uh, remember, you just did that. So, oh, thanks, babe. You know, and not the, <clears throat> thanks for doing it. Oh, again. that's us. We're the bitchy fuckers. Yeah, we are. It's, it's interesting because from the thruple aspect of it, 
communication means that much more because with two people you can kind of avoid each other or you can kind of just lock eyes and kind of know what you're talking about but now when there's a third person it's like hey honey what do you want for dinner uh okay i want the same thing with a third person you can't go uh and be like oh yeah it's all the same like you have to talk about it but there's also somebody to always turn and say fuck is wrong with him yeah yeah that's one of my favorites that's true too you know well lastly to close out this segment do you have any advice for anyone out there who is contemplating entering into or initiating a throw? I really I don't want to close out this time. Well, we're going to. I have so many questions. Yeah, we know. Please. I think the most important thing is be prepared to talk about things because jealousies come up. It runs the gambit. And it's just like any other relationship between two people, but now the dynamic is in the shape of a triangle. Well, I want to thank John Matthew and Kurt and John Squared for educating us more about being in a throuple. Hopefully our listeners out there have learned something as well. Absolutely. Happy Pride. Happy Pride. Happy 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 to be here. And, you know, it really was like a second coming out also. So that was a different layer, you know, uh, uh, of an experience. You know a lot of other throuples? We don't. No. Apparently, we search, you know, hashtags on Insta, and there's a lot out there. But nobody so no, yeah, no, no one local. Okay, but, but that's also a good thing too. It's like there's three of us. We have built-in friends too. Like we really, like we hermit a lot. Yeah, we're just like we're kind of like a little core group. So we understand yeah. that definitely. Yeah. You always have and also, to the does he want to wait for the two of you to get ready? No, ah, uh, I get ready <laughs> the fastest. We're, we're actually all kind of in the same, you know, ten minute time frame. It's, we know when we need to leave. Yeah. <laughs> and we plan accordingly, Tommy. I'm sure you plan accordingly for everything. <laughs> oh, I kind of do. Yeah, I, know, I know you do. You know what? It's hot. I got to say. Thanks, Tommy. Anyway, we now move on to our next segment, wherein we take a look into my briefs. You, you, <laughs> and Tom, you brought up unions earlier. I said something about unions. Yes, you did. Didn't Was he say something about yeah, unions? Yeah, did. did it have Audrey McDonald in it? No. No. Okay. Not union. Well, the Supreme Court came down with a recent decision last week that kind of restricted the right to strike. What? Yes. What had happened was this business, I guess they make cement or whatever, and their drivers were going on strike. So what they did, because they drive concrete mixers. So at the appointed hour for the strike, several drivers drove their trucks back to the company headquarters and walked off the job full of wet concrete. So the company was unable to deliver the concrete and it hardened. So the company had to find a way to safely dump the concrete or destroy it or cart it away. So they brought a lawsuit in state court against the union for the damage that they caused by their property. And the union said, uh, no, you can't sue us. We're protected by the National Labor Relations Board Act. And the Supreme Court came back and said by an eight to one ruling that no, in this particular instance, the business can sue the union. They said it rested on a fact-specific assessment of whether the union took reasonable precautions to protect the business's property from foreseeable, aggravated, and imminent danger due to the sudden cessation of work. And the court found that the union allowed the business to batch the wet concrete when they knew they had no intention of delivering it. And the result that it would be spoiled concrete and possibly damaged trucks. So they sent the case back now to state court 
to further consider the lawsuit. And only one justice objected. Take a guess which one it was. Oh, boy. Thomas. Thomas Thomas. Nope. 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 Amy. No. Sotomayor. Katanji Brown. Ah, good old Katanji. She's the only one saying that basically this can now open up unions to future lawsuits. Yeah. Because it's going to be now employers going to be trying to expand Mm -hmm. the meaning of what's damaging and what's foreseeable, which can then lead to fewer strikes by unions because they're going to be afraid of being sued for liability now. So, yeah, just another example of the court chipping away at union rights. Get out of the boat. Yeah, that's about all you can do at this point. We now move on to our next segment. Yes, it's time for the Week in Fascism. (laughs) (laughs) And this week I saw this story and I had kind of a sad feeling about it, but let me tell you about it. There was a school board uh, this past, a school board meeting this past Tuesday in Glendale, California. And one of the issues they were considering was passing a resolution honoring Pride Month. Well, both those in support of the resolution and both those in opposition to it decided to protest in front of the school board meeting. So a couple hundred people showed up between the both sides. And before you know it, a brawl broke out. And there's a video on theadvocate.com showing the brawl. (coughs) Between these two sides. In front of children. Well, I don't know if there were children around, but you can see plenty of adults. That's for damn sure. It's the school board headquarters. Oh, okay. And the school board actually had to pause the meeting because a shelter-in-place order was given because of what was happening outside. Wow. And three people were eventually arrested, one for using pepper spray, two for obstructing the police. They ended up passing the resolution. But I saw this, and it reminded me, because I'm a history geek, of when I would read stories about Germany in the 1920s. And these political parties would actually brawl in the street, particularly particularly against the Communist Party members. And that's what, when I watched this video, that's what that reminded me of. It was like, this is what we're coming down to now. It's really scary. It's really scary. Yeah. Uh, I'm, yeah, I'm almost it's no longer shameful to show your hate. No, it's yeah. not. It really isn't. We actually, what did we watch last night that really kind of put things into perspective? What was the uh, the documentary thing that we just watched? Um, about uh, the, the the religious people. Um, oh, 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 yes, shiny happy people. Yeah. Oh, we're going to talk about that okay. in, our, in, our next, in the next segment, in one of the next segments. So yeah, we're going to definitely talk about that. Yeah, but it's amazing. Yeah, yeah. it really is. So that was the story with that. Kind of a sad when I guess when I saw the video, I was just like, "Wow!" Just, that video was horrifying. Yeah, it really—it's unbelievable to see this happening in the United States in, this, in the twenty-first century. People can't you know? use their words anymore. It's beyond, I know. We're beyond words. Anyway, we now move on to our next segment. It's time for We Like to Watch. And gentlemen, what did you watch new this past week? Hey, John, what was that documentary? Uh, <laughs> it was like the R.E.M. song of oh, Shiny Happy People. Yeah, Shiny Happy People that dug our family secrets on yes. Amazon yeah. Prime. We Whoa. watched it also. We yes. watched that last night. Ooh. Yeah. I never watched their TV I show, did. 19 I Kids watched, in Counting. I watched it in the beginning. I had no interest because I just thought it was disgusting. Why are they having so many kids? Yeah, well, that's why you had to watch it. And, yeah. well, watching this documentary series, Wild. I couldn't believe what they revealed. Mm-hmm. That they were a member of this group, this Institute of Basic Life Principles, that was run by this man, Bill Gothard. Mm-hmm. 
and this whole philosophy he taught that was basically out of, straight out of the handmaid. Did you style. notice that his name was spelled Gotthard? Gotthard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, supposedly he did it a few times and it got him in sure trouble. Did, yeah. And they eventually sure kicked him out of the organization. Yeah, can you imagine? They just pulled out the rug. They're like, you built all this, but ooh, you're a liability now. Right? It's really interesting, Once, especially the points about their sort of big plan. And I'm like, wow, the plan is already in motion. Yeah. Oh, yeah, point. with the future generation shit. Well, that was the thing with this group. They were showing how the people that are involved in the government and the military... And it's scary as hell. And we have that. the agenda, right? Yeah. Right, right. Right. Yeah, right. we're the one indoctrinated. Right, right. Okay, yeah, cool. Right. Unbelievable. But yeah, I, I was that was quite a revelation to me seeing wild. That. And I watched too. And I like I watched that show because you know it was part of that genre of early two thousands trash, like the start of reality. The reality. Yeah. And it was just it's fascinating. It's fascinating that one woman naturally gave birth. To 19 children. It is wild. How do you physically survive Damn. that? Why? Well, towards the end, oh when you know, she was on her 20th, she was miscarrying. Well, yeah. you know, you said, like, well, you know, have kids until God tells you to stop. Honey, I think that's God telling you to stop now. Right? Ba- the baby cam is not firing anymore, so. <laughs> Woof. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, that was a, that was an amazing documentary. Woof. Definitely recommend that. Yeah. Did you gentlemen watch anything else new this week? Well, we always watch our RuPaul's Drag Race on Friday. Ah. I guess yeah. Tommy, did you, did you see that? No, no, because it's the old stars. That's right. He's not paying for it. This is the one on. It's the, so the wonderful. Others. Let me tell you, this is the best season ever. Oh my god, so worth <laughs> the money. So much. <laughs> uh, no, it, it's um, it's an all star season, so it's have returning girls come back, and um, just we're gonna say that we don't want to give anything away, and, and I won't by saying this, but Jimbo's fucking hilarious. That's all, right? Yeah, Jimbo was Jimbo fucking was hilarious. Jimbo is fucking hilarious. He's, he's, it's wild. And I understand there's all sorts of trauma around Heidi in closet. Yes, yeah. Well, she pulled a Ben de la Creme. And she left? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, uh, yeah, no. Uh, I have no idea what they're talking about. <laughs> if you know, you know. If you know, you know. And if you're Obviously, not caught up, girl, get caught up. Sorry. We haven't no. seen Greg. Spoiler alert. Yeah. A hundred years since since the well, the, this is a good time for you to go take a pee break. Have you seen this new Neil Patrick the dinner? Harrison? Yes, the drag me to dinner. So that is on Hulu and Netflix. Hulu. Hulu. Hulu, Hulu, and it's Neil Patrick Harris. Uh, he hosts with Bianca Del Rio. Who, are you familiar with Bianca Del Rio? Yes, okay, definitely. So they like they host, and then these drag queens compete. So they come in pairs, and it's. Drag queens from Drag Race, but a few queens, like local, like Brooklyn, New York queens, whatever, they come in pairs, they compete to throw a themed dinner party. So, like, one of the, the last uh, challenge was a baby shower, so they had to throw a baby shower. Now, in my opinion, I think it's them just looking like they're doing shit, like, oh, make a, an hors d'oeuvre, but, like... These girls can't cook. There's no way they're letting, the producers are letting anyone eat food by these girls cooking. So they make it look like they're doing it all, but then really they set it up behind the scenes and yeah. then it's like fabulous. So, and then First cool. of all, the girls are given 90 minutes. Okay. For a full dinner party. In that wow. 90 minutes. That's not a lot of time. Yeah. In that 90 minutes, food. they must. Oh, it's definitely not a lot of time. Food, oh my God. Entertainment, 
and, and I'd be like barbecue. Things <laughs> come up with the menu, come up with like what they're going to do with the decorations. Like it's it's that's too much for night. And then we're supposed to believe that they do it <laughs> in full in drag. drag. Full yeah, drag. please. Yeah, the three inch nails. And, and then right, look, right, right, right. And it's fabulous. <laughs> it's fabulous. It is. It's a, it's a funny show. It's it's fabulous. Well, yeah, yeah, it's it's David Burke is. Oh, David Burke is. Uh, yeah, his husband's on. Absolutely well. yes. dreaming. He's like the expert partier. So Tommy. What did you watch new this past week? Oh, okay, so I watched this new um, Neil Patrick Harris drag queen thing because I can't watch the fucking RuPaul's Drag Race season eight. So I'm watching this Neil Patrick Harris thing, and uh, it has Bianca Del Rio, who I think is hysterically funny. And so far, although, Uh you can see she is holding on tight to not becoming that scripted Mm. television Uh thing. Uh She does not want that. Uh-uh. She's a stand-up comedian. She doesn't want that. She's coming really close. Yes, yeah, she is. Really close, and she's fighting really hard. Well, and I love good. that bitch. I love Bianca Del Rio. And David Berker, who was, of course, adorable. And like they were saying, you know, they take these two queens, that they pair up two queens on each team, and the, each team has to produce a party in this sort of fake room that they have on a set with food and beverage and entertainment. And, and uh, it's it's very cute. They, they, they spare no... Um, expense dignity. No, oh. they, they, <laughs> they go. For, they cheap. go for the cheapest joke possible. They go for. You know, it's. It's not. They're not in any way trying to be dignified. Oh my god! I just kicked a dog. Stop kicking my dog. No, I kicked you your dog. Me. That bitch was in my way. Fuck up. Yeah. So I watched that. Not much else. Probably a serial killer thing. The serial killers. Are, you know, they're reliable. <laughs> You know, you, you always know the ending. <laughs> you always know. You always know the ending. They, uh, they're, they're some of the, they're just, and then you get different people telling their story, and that's always interesting because it reveals more about the person telling the story. I would never thought that he was, he was a serial killer. He's, <laughs> he was so nice. He was such a nice guy. <laughs> he used to mow my lawn for me. Yes. Yeah, and, and you know, seventeen bodies under his porch. <laughs> He'd like to. Uh, how the fuck did that happen? That's 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 what I want to know. And what's interesting is how many different people tell the story and how each person tells the story. Because this guy, well, this girl, oh, so you're like, you know, and he was there, he would meet them at the mall. And you know, she's totally different from this guy who is telling you from here. I'm from Philadelphia. This is this. So, yeah, that's what I do most of my time is those podcast sort of okay. differentiations. <laughs> Well, this week we watched the end of the series Manifest on Netflix. Really good series. It was about this jet plane full of passengers that ends up in some kind of phenomenon in the sky and they end up going five years into the future. Oh, wow. And about what happens. And we watched the end of the show. And what I liked about the end, I mean, I'm not going to give anything away about it. It's the kind of ending that the show Lost should have had. Okay. Because I was a big fan of Lost when it came on, and then they had the the final episode, and I was like, it was that, "Yeah, it was really, it was, yeah, yeah, really, it petered out." This I thought, I don't know if Stephen agrees with me. Yes, I do. I thought it was a nice resolution to the whole story of what happened and what was going to happen after that. So we were, really, yeah, so that was really good. Recommend that series. And then last night we watched the movie Ant Man and the Wasp: Quantum Mania on <laughs> Disney. Why don't you two just fuck? Like, why are you watching these stupid fucking movies? Why don't you fuck? Why can't we do both? Who's to say they weren't? 
<laughs> I'm just saying. It's fine. We were in the quantum realm, baby. <laughs> I was Such looking at Paul Rudd. Right? Like it was a New Yorker fucking feature. And uh, I don't know why he wasted time. Just go fuck your husband. Because it's Paul Rudd. I don't have a husband. What do I know? <laughs> go watch the movie, yes. Go watch the movie. I watched Paul plenty Rudd of movies. Paul Rudd is in it. I, no, I'm not going to watch it. But it was a good movie. What really, because when the movie came out, all these reviewers were terrible. Tearing this movie apart. Why? For all various reasons. And before we saw this movie, the last Marvel movie we saw was Thor Love and Thunder, which was horrible. Oh my God, it was really bad. The only good scene was... The naked scene. Yeah, we're seeing Chris Hemsworth <laughs> naked from behind. Yeah, I saw screenshots of that online. I don't have yeah. to watch the movie. Right. So. so I figured, all right, let's watch this movie. It can't be any worse than Thor Love and Thunder. And it was okay. It was, it was all right. It was entertaining enough. You know, it wasn't great. It wasn't an epic movie. It's a fucking Marvel comic movie. It was it entertaining. Was Disney Plus. We just needed, a, I, I said to Steve, I said, I just need something mindless to watch tonight. That's it. And that was perfect. You should get into Drag Race. Hello. Yeah. <laughs> you don't understand. Drag Race is you the perfect television. Older episodes. Online. Do you? Well, that's the thing. We can get all the past seasons. We can't get we the can't current get the seasons. Current. Well, yeah. Do, do you watch any of the foreign language? Some of them, yes. Spain. No. No España. Why it's good? I don't know. <laughs> no say. I no lo so. I Dios mío. What I will tell you. Es tonto. The pit crew. Oh, the pit crew. I should have known. Oh, of course. So the, the pit Spanish crew, pit crew. España. Yeah. It, they caliente. should just take all of the pieces of that out and cut it. Just, just cut them so out. They should have their own show. And make their own. They are the most. I guess you have a thing for Latin boys, huh? I do. Do you need us to leave? You need a moment. I'm done. No, that's oh, that's thing about being old. Good. Then, in that case, we'll move on to our next segment. Then. God, <coughs> Yes, it's time once again for Stupid People. And this week we have former South Carolina governor, ambassador to the United Nations, and Republican presidential candidate Nikki Haley. She appeared at a CNN town hall event. Ain't she still kind of Indian? I believe she does have some South Asian background, yes. So she was at the CNN town hall event and Jake Tapper, the host, asked her how she would define woke. Oh, God. So she goes, there's a lot of things. I mean, you want to start with biological boys playing in girls' sports. That's one thing. The fact that we have gender pronoun classes in the military now, I mean, all of these things that are pushing what a small minority want on the majority of Americans. It's too much. Here's the good part. The women's issue of our time is the idea that we have biological boys playing in girls' sports. My daughter ran in track in high school. I don't even know how I would have that conversation with her. How are we supposed to get our girls used to the fact that biological boys are in their locker room? And then we wonder why a third of our teenage girls seriously contemplated suicide last year. No, they were contemplating suicide because their mother is a bitch. Yeah, but what I'm not hearing is the definition. She's basically saying that the existence of trans people yeah, is causing girls to commit suicide. They still haven't it's not a definition. It. They, still they don't know how to define it. They still haven't defined it. Every time they're asked what it is, they don't define it. No. They have no idea what it is. They scapegoat. They don't define it. No. Give me a fucking definition or don't ask them the question. Yeah. yeah. 
It's hot. Thank you. But as it's just the idea, you're going to actually say that trans people are causing young girls to commit suicide? No. It's no. But that's what she said. Yeah. That's basically what she's saying. Well, Let's look at statistics. statistics. That's but causing that's the young thing. girls to commit suicide. They just put two unrelated statistics together yeah. in a sentence and... John, the, most of the people that support these people are dumb enough to, to, to be brainwashed by the bullshit that they spew out. Like, it's disgusting. Yeah, it is disgusting. Dentistry. And that's the issue is that the typical voter isn't fact-checking. They're just believing. So they're hearing this thing. That, oh, Nobody fact-checks. That's what I just said. Thank you. <laughs> Backing you up, bitch. Learn, learn, to, learn to deal with your crowd, man. Read the room. I'm like behind you with my fist up. <laughs> Nobody reads the fucking fire! Because he really needs your support right I'm, now. I'm giving it to him. <laughs> with your fist. So the people know. <laughs> so the people fucking okay. know. Okay. I support. Anyway, to Nikki Haley, we say... I support Nikki Haley. That bitch You're is dumb. So dumb bitch. We now move on to our next segment. Her. Julie Andrews, take us away. Whiskers on kittens, brown copper kettles and warm woolen mittens. Brown paper packages oh. tied up with strings. These are a few of my favorite things. Thank oh you, Julie. Thanks, Julie. Yes, it's time for five faves. But being that there are so many of us here, we were just asked to name one in this category. And the category was, name your favorite film featuring an unconventional romance. I thought it was appropriate for today's episode. Correct. Thank <laughs> you. So, Tommy, what did you come up with? Mannequin. Mannequin. <laughs> Andrew McCarthy, Kim Cattrall, sure. and a yeah. young James Spader. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Horrible movie. <laughs> but it also features Meshach Taylor as Hollywood. We had that recorded on a VHS cassette from WPIX 11. Ooh. Oh. I want to taste your... You're so old, I want to eat your macaroni and cheese. <laughs> I, bet, I bet you can make some fried chicken. Oh, my God. That's how yeah. old you are. I, I, want to, I want to eat your greens. Okay. No. Even more so than you. So, wait. So, no, I'm right. What was the question? You already answered it. Oh, what was it? You said the film Mannequin. Mannequin. Yes. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't know nothing about it. I don't think I ever saw it. It came up in my internet search about the topic. And You're I was dick. like, oh. You're just a dick. <laughs> yeah. Mac. God, what a dick. That's totally it's good. That's, that's, that's totally that good. Yeah. I'm going to exclude you from this segment now. I'm going to bring Steven in. Mac, I'm okay with that. <laughs> John Squared, what did you come up with? I would have to say the Rocky Horror Picture Show. <laughs> because there's multiple unconventional romances in that movie. You think? Brother and yeah. Sister, Alien and Human. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Brett and Janet. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All unconventional. Unconventional conventionalists. Can't get much more unconventional than that. Yeah. All right. That was much less embarrassing than mine. And Kurt, what did you come up with? I came up with Pixar's Wally. Wally! Oh, wow. Wally. Eve. Yeah. <laughs> Robot love. Oh, so sweet. I love that movie. The robots. Yeah, but she had her programming in the beginning, and they fought through it, and were together at the end. So yes, they were. Everybody can be with whoever, no matter what the odds. Exactly. 
Anyway, John Matthew, what film did you come up with? I chose the film Beautiful Thing in honor of Pride Month. Oh, I love that's such a sweet movie. Yeah. The it's ending of that is when they're dancing together. Yeah. Uh, just beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's such a good. That was actually a play too. Yeah, I'd love to see that as a play. What play? Beautiful Thing. Oh, is it anybody hot in it? It's an English film. Oh, well, so I, no. <laughs> <laughs> If it's an English film, then no. It's an English movie, maybe. It's a Brit flick. All right. So, so yeah. But so, it's a gay <laughs> Brit flick. About two boys in high school. The British are so dry. I guess the British are Apologies to our, view, to our listeners in the United Kingdom. I'm sorry to all four of you who may be listening in the United Kingdom. Anyway, Stephen, did you come up well for this category? No. Okay, good. <laughs> My choice was Lars and the Real Girl yeah, with Ryan Gosling. Unconventional. Did you ever see the movie, Tommy? Uh, no. It's about this mentally disturbed young man who has a relationship with a sex doll. Okay. And introduces her to everyone as his girlfriend. I, can I tell you the truth? I would have given you that as the plot for Mannequin. It's a little bit different. A little I, bit different. I never saw either movie. Well, a Mannequin doesn't have a hole in the mouth. Or the ass. <laughs> or the puss. How do you know? <laughs> oh, like don't ask. <laughs> I, like no a good fag, I did my time as, at, at Macy's. You did up a lot of uh, mannequin skirts. As a good lesbian, you would know that you can get a fucking drill bit that'll make that hole in ten seconds with a minimum of electricity. Oh, my God. Anyway, we now move on to our next segment. Is it our last segment? Get off my lawn. Oh, good. Did you hear me? I said get off my lawn it's time for the grumpy old gaming gripe of the week. So, John Squared, what's your gripe this week? So, I can't believe I'm saying this, but I have a particular person I work with who makes it a point to be a see you next Tuesday. Ooh. See, there's a way to say it without saying it. I don't so, need you to teach me. Yes, well, you do. You're gonna hold on. <laughs> yes, you do. Hold on. I am three years from dead. How about you? A lot. Okay, so so you shut up. Three? You're giving yourself only three? I'm giving myself... I'm giving, I'm giving three you less the long of this episode goes on. Three, three years is on the far end. So, people who think that they can um, treat other people like they're... You know, you work for them directly and that they think their shit don't stink and that... Just people who think who they are and who have no kind of... I am talking about the See You Next Tuesday. Yeah. Yes, I am. Uh, but just who, who only think about themselves. I hate people who only think about themselves. Fair enough. Yeah. Okay. That was a good one. Thank you. And Kurt, what's your gripe of the week? So my gripe is that there's these mysterious signs, messages coming over the LIE signs that say traffic enforcement, uh, speed limit enforcement coming. Up. I've seen But it's them. like, to be continued. It's like, what's the story? When? Where? Why? How? Like, give us the Dude. info, and then we can, like, comply. But Same on the South Shore. I looked on the state website, Department of Transportation, New York State, the whole nine. Nothing, nothing, nothing. So, I... Yeah. Wow. Just tell us what the deal is so we know what See, how to dodge it. We've seen Have you seen them? Yes. But they're they're in construction zones and no. it's literally 
speed cameras taped to the top of a car pulled off to the side so of the road. So if you see a white, uh, small SUV yes. in the construction area, that's the vehicle that has the cameras. Really? Yeah. Thank yep. you for that. Okay. You're welcome. Yeah. But it's like, I know the signs have been, <laughs> obey the sign or pay the fine. Right. And it's like, Wait, what's the fucking sign? Like, where's... Where's the sign? Where's the sign? I what, saw the sign. What sign? Did it open up your eyes? It did. <laughs> did you but see not the sign? in this case. Uh, I saw the sign. Well, that LIE in the Southern State stuff is upcoming, so it's different than the construction, so there's something else that is going on. Yeah. So, well, they're uh, evidently there. So they're, 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 they're planning to put it, like... They're tracking speed. But listen, yeah. everybody on Long Island goes a minimum of 80 miles an hour. At least. If you can... Everybody's doing it at every hour of the day. You know, it's yeah, it's ridiculous. So they're uh, just going to ticket everybody. Like yeah. we're all not going to start driving fifty-five. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. Their dream would be to ticket everybody. That finance shit for like eight months. <laughs> John Matthew, what's your gripe of the week? So I own an auto repair shop, and as one could kind of basically, auto repair shops are not usually like a, a bastion of liberal dumb. But it's a little annoying that every one of my fucking customers comes in, excuse my language, my freaking customers comes in and starts talking politics with me, immediately assuming that I want to talk about woke culture and how negative it is. Yeah. And, and you just want to be like, bitch, I am woke. Well, exactly. here's a problem. So I don't want to take it away from you guys. You say it. The problem is that also people don't get like subtle social cues. Like when I'm not responding to you and I'm just staring at you blankly as you're trying to unload your political beliefs inside a gas station auto repair shop. Why are we talking about this? Like there's no need. Yeah. You know, so what I what I encounter a lot is this assumption that I'm because I have a, a, a seemingly masculine job that I'm going to share this typical um, hurt ass white male view of the world. Yep. And that it's safe to have these discussions in my repair shop. And as you know, this one particular customer was sort of saying these things to my business partner, I could feel him looking over at me as the guy was saying these things. And I just actually, I didn't respond. I looked at, I looked down and I pretty much walked away at that point. And yeah. I, you know, and it's getting more and more difficult for me to bite my tongue. But Don't bite your tongue. But at the sake of my, it hurts, business, you know, so it, in a way, you know, my gripe is everybody shut the f up. Yeah, uh, we can understand that. Guess about it has to be almost who about, owns has the to business. Be over- I do. You do. So you could have people in or out of your business as you see fit. Yeah, but it's it's not. It's you not don't want that, to cut people off. It's not that simple because could you, know, you be a, a gay small, friendly? I am a gay friendly repair shop. I'm right in the university town. I typically don't have a lot of problems with customers and and normally this type of thing doesn't get discussed but there are just certain times when it's quiet and and you get these other men that come in and think that they need to have man talk now you know and i'm like bro shut up i get you you know i hate that's why i don't like things like auto parts stores or gas stations or i don't like those those spaces i don't know how to behave in those spaces Stephen well, he, and I went through something similar about a year ago. We're at a pizza pl- uh, pizzeria in Lindenhurst on Wellwood Avenue. John Steele's with us. And we start talking and joking with the, I guess, the owner behind the counter. And he decides to tell us a joke that was homophobic, anti-Italian, anti-Greek. I think I know that joke. <laughs> <laughs> and he just thought it was perfectly okay to say this 
Because it was three white men right. sitting but there. But why do you think that is? Because he just made the assumption. Because oh, we were his age. Where you're one. Of, you're one of us. You know. That's the thing, right All there. All white men. Gay yeah. is a young people's thing. Yeah. Yeah. Old people are automatically not gay. Well, they never. I never have that problem, guys. Because so, so far you're still young. <laughs> I'm, I'm so butch. Well, I get when you're next to Patrick and John. Still, sure, I can see that as a package deal. You know. You may be the coin purse, but... <laughs> Stephen walks alone into a store, and he is just some middle-aged white guy looking for cheese. I'm going to go with cheese. Okay. Even though I've never seen him eat cheese, yeah. and nobody in the room is paying attention to me, even though you are trying to. Yes, I am. And you're rolling it. I like that. Good. All right. Stephen, do you have a gripe this week? Uh... What was I bitching about? I don't Ooh, think I what was don't you bitch about. Seriously, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's always it's always the traffic. Boring, boring. And yet you're, boring. you're repeating yourself now because everyone brings up traffic. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't. You could just take people in general, and that's people in general. I'll tell stuff. you, my my gripe today is this. the air. It's you can't breathe. Mm-hmm. Oh, the Canada Flyer. When I was talking to people on the phone this morning, they're like, no, Canada fires can't reach you. Look at the news. Did you see how pretty the the day was? It was like golden. It was like um, sepia toned. It was beautiful. It was golden. It was scary. It was scary. It wasn't beautiful. It was scary. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't think it was scary. I walked my dog. I walked through it breathing like... It was people doing their uh, fire fireplaces. After all the years of damage you've done to those lungs, what was yeah. the walking this guy doing? Anyway, my gripe this week is about golf. Oh, what about it? I love golf. I fucking hate golf. The only golf oh, I've right. ever liked is Mini miniature golf. golf. Yeah, putt I've gone golfing. I have absolutely no interest in the sport. Why? It's boring. It's boring as fuck. I believe that. It's the sport that... Attorneys love it's so much basic white guys, and yeah, it's yeah. basically it's this elitist white man sport. Do you play it? Have you played it? Do you play I have it? played. I have played. And you have not enjoyed it. You have not enjoyed playing golf. No, I don't believe anybody enjoys watching golf. I don't enjoy. Yeah, I would never watch golf. But uh, playing golf, I I found fun. No, I did not. But what made come out even my anger about golf this week it got even worse was when the PGA announced it was merging with the LIV Golf League, which is owned by Saudi Arabia. Okay, uh, you're gonna have to go back because there's too many initials. Okay, what happened is two years oh, ago, the Saudi Arabian government, headed by that Mohammed bin uh, Salman, so whatever, right. spent millions of dollars organizing this. Saudi golf tournament. Okay. And he paid hundreds of millions of dollars to American golfers to join the league and participate in the tournaments. Okay. And it was a big, big controversy. And even the PGA came out against it saying, hey, we're, you know, we're the professionals golf league and stuff. And you're buying into a murderous regime. Well, this week it was announced that the two leagues are now merging. And I was like, so you made a deal with a murderer for a, of a country who's responsible for 9-11. Mm-hmm. I was like, fucking disgusting. What? America. It's not America. It's, no, not it's, America. it's money talks it's and bullshit wars. That's, that, you know? no, that's, that's, the sucker, that's the sucker people. The sucker people made that deal. Or the golf people the golf, made that deal. The golf, the golf people, people made that deal. That's not, that's not a governmental thing. That's the golf people say, okay, yeah, 
We'll we'll accept the Saudi Arabia and everything. That's private enterprise. Yeah, it's all about America, not America. Yep, it's all about the money. Honey, I understood you. Honey, did you? I did. Really? Look look at you. Because you arrived at the conversation about five minutes after we were there. I I take my time. Because I I fact check. Too much time. I got to get to bed and fact check. Anyway, we now come to the conclusion of this week's episode. (laughs) I want to thank my husband and producer, Stephen (laughs) Prendergast, for screwing up, I mean, operating the sound cues for us tonight. And I want to thank our guest, John Square, John Matthew, and Kurt for joining us tonight and giving us an education. Thanks for having us. Greatly appreciate it. Hope you want to come back. Yes. Uh, I still have questions. We don't have the time. Buy the book. And we also remind you that this weekend is the 15th anniversary concert performances of the Long Island Gay Men's Chorus. They are performing Friday through Sunday. We are seeing them Friday at the St. Francis Episcopal Church in North Belmore. You can go to their website, org, where you can order tickets. Long Island Game Man's Course. Yes. L-I-G-M-C. Dot org. Go ahead. All right. Anyway, and don't forget, you can find all of our episodes, plus bonus material at www.grumpyoldgaymenandtheirdogs.com And you can follow us daily on our Facebook and Twitter posts. That's about it. Do you have anything to add, Tomas? Probably. In that case, we're going to say, have a good night, have a good week, have a good life, and we'll see you next time. Bye, bitches. Promise me this, that you will never